Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is ESPN Radio. What's good with you on this Monday morning? You know what's good. Amber Wilson, she's always good. Freddie coming, not trying to get in her way on ESPN <laughs> Radio this morning. Also on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80 and ESPNU. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Keep quaining on social media. We love to see what you have to say at Amber W Sports. That's Amber's handle, my handle at Coleman ESPN. And it's amazing that a lot of people, Amber, talking about the Chicago Bears, that they're ready to make that rise up, making that jump up in a winnable division. Yet they had the same record, 3-14, and 14, as the Houston Texans, and nobody's talking about that potential bump up, even though they were going to have a new quarterback in C.J. Stroud. They draft Will Anderson and both of those guys early in the first round. They got D'Amico Ryans as their new head coach. There's a feeling of finally maybe we can get out of this abyss that we've been in ever since they had a 24-0 lead against Kansas City in a playoff game in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think that there are a couple storylines here, actually, when it comes to the Houston Texans, most notably, as you just heard, C.J. Stroud being the number one storyline. And all they're looking from him is – can he be ready? Can he be ready to some extent? Can he show that promise that he showed in college? And that's yeah. what you're hoping. Now, when we were going into last season with this Houston Texans team, they felt confident maybe Davis Mills could be that guy, right? Coming off of his rookie year where he only threw a 10 interceptions, 16 touchdown passes. And then last season, it became pretty clear Davis Mills, probably not that guy because he threw a league high 15 interceptions this past season. They're just looking for something better than that from CJ Stroud. This is a team that's building and it's building towards something but there's a reason that they gave D'Amico Ryan such a long contract yeah. at that head coaching position because they even recognize with the Texans this thing's going to take time and he has that time job number one for him though not just CJ Stroud job number one for Ryan's is that defense the Texans defense 30th in total defense last season. They allowed the sixth most in rushing yards in NFL history (laughs) under Lovey Smith. That's the sort of stuff that a defensive guy who's been an excellent coordinator in D'Amico Ryans is going to be addressing there as now the head coach. So it's going to take him time, but I think those are the two things that you need to see from the Texans this season is CJ Stroud showing that promise and that defense taking a step towards the future. They have young talent on defense. Derek Stingley Jr. I think is going to be a star cornerback. Will Anderson Jr. I think is going to be terrific as a pass rusher. They bring in Jerry Hughes for that 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 component that you need when it comes to veteran leadership. He can rush the pass as well. He did that a lot in Buffalo. So they do have talented players that they're trying to mix and meld and make that work together. But it does go back to D'Amico Ryans and the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Because when you draft a quarterback that high, you're expecting instant return on your investment when it comes to the Houston Texans. And even though he is not signed right now, it's only going to be a matter of time before you get him into camp. The last thing you want if you're the Houston Texans is that a guy that you drafted being behind the eight ball because you have Davis Mills and Case Keenum as your quarterbacks. You don't want those guys playing at all unless it's a situation where C.J. Stroud is either not ready or he gets injured. You want that guy to be your starting quarterback from day one. And especially in a division where it's Jacksonville and the rest of them, if you're the Houston Texans after 3-14 and 14 last year, you want to show any kind of progress, which they've been the opposite of ever since they had that lead. And they've been, for my money, 
the worst-run franchise in North American sports on and off the football field. They finally have a semblance of competency by bringing in somebody who played for that organization, who was drafted by the organization, and many people will tell you about D'Amico Ryans. He's a better person than head coach. They think he's going to be a pretty good head coach. Finally, it seems that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're the Houston Texans, you're hoping that that starts this year with the kind of talent you're hoping to accumulate with a talent that's already there that you either drafted or went after in free agency to get this back on the track on the right direction that you have not been in the last four to five years. It's just about the direction here. It's just about putting one foot in front of the other and taking some steps, right? I mean, you're not actually trying even really to compete in that division. Can you be better than the Colts maybe this season? But baby steps, right? It's baby steps in terms of where this direction of this franchise is going. It's going to be years before the tech Texans are really a contender of any sort, but in order to get to that goal, they need to see some of this promise. And it's a tall task for D'Amico Ryan's coming in. A lot of people believe in him very strongly as a head coach because of what he's done. In, in terms of as a coordinator and, and obviously what he did as a player as well. So I think that with this franchise, it's just all about taking steps. It's all about showing some of that promise on the defensive side of the ball, showing some of that talent that they've drafted thus far, showing, showing some of that talent in terms of the offense as well. And C.J. Stroud, and then you draft again, and you draft again towards the top of the draft this next season. You address whatever positions didn't end up showing up from this last couple drafts. That's the direction of the Houston Texans, and we'll see if they can take a pretty small step, is yeah. my point. I don't think that there's any sort of massive leap that anyone's expecting just yet from this Texans team. If I give you over-under five wins for the Houston Texans, where do you, where do you stand? Uh, I mean, I think it'd be a, a decent season if they do that, right? <laughs> couple, couple more wins than last season for the Texans. I feel like it might be somewhere around that. So an okay. over-under is hard for me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, maybe the the under, just because you're talking about a completely stacked conference. But I feel I feel like five is probably about where they'll end up. How about you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think if they get the four or five, that's success. And not just because it's two more than you had last year. But if you look anything like an organization, like a football team, that's the proper first step when it comes to the Houston Texans with the town that you've been able to put together, you're hoping to put together, and a quarterback that you believe in by drafting C.J. Stroud by the Houston Texans. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPNU. You can blame us, but you should be blaming Mike Greenberg from Get Up and Green in ESPN Radio. He put it out there. Hey, this could be a potential Michael Jordan-LeBron debate when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Now, Amber Wilson and yours truly are not of the ilk of combining players from different eras, even though these two have kind of overlapped each other when it comes to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. But that has not stopped you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Rick in Tennessee has something to say about this potential Debate involving Brady Mahomes and the greatest of all time. Rick, in the great state of Tennessee, what you got? Hey, I just want to know why you uh, sports guys want to not mention Bill Russell with 11 rings. Uh, and Jordan should be 10th when it comes to rings. Because all Brady has going for him is his rings. He's not top 10 in skill set. He's a dink and dunk guy. He throws up Hail Marys to Gronk to help his stats. Uh, he should have lost to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He threw a horrible interception that trying to hit Gronk, and Ford lined up offsides. 
I mean, Brady's got a whole career of just lucky breaks, if you go back and look at him, but nobody talks about it. Yeah, Rick, uh, not, not disrespecting, I love your comment about Bill Russell. In Number terms seven. Of the rings, that he should get more love being the greatest win of all time. But that may be the silliest argument against Tom Brady I've ever heard in my life. No lucky one, breaks yeah, for no, 25 years? No, lucky breaks? Yeah, no one gets that Sounds lucky. Sounds like Paul Pierce when yeah. he's talking about Dwayne Wade. I mean, lucky they, breaks. They what are we be, doing? Amber, they must be related. No one gets that lucky to throw over 600 touchdown passes and 89,000. Now, if you don't like Tom Brady, you think he's overrated, I might slide with you that way. But lucky breaks over a 20-plus year career? We should all be that lucky for 20 minutes. Right. Much less no, 20 plus years. I'm not with you if you think he's overrated either. I mean, the whole conversation is so silly. And this is what frustrates me about the Jordan LeBron conversation or any of these greats, right? Because then what you do is you start degrading the other player. Like whoever you think yeah. is winning this argument, then you go out of your way to degrade the other player. We hear it all the time with people who are on the Jordan side of the equation and then they're like degrading what LeBron's done over here. And I mean, the greatness is the greatness. It's why we're even having this conversation is because everybody agrees both of these guys are great, like superhuman, multi-generational great. So I cannot get in Rick's camp there about Tom Brady. And that's coming from a Dolphins fan who hated Tom Brady for decades because of the havoc he wreaked on our division. Now, are there things that factor into Tom Brady's success? Sure. He benefited from the AFC East being so darn weak all those years. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't doing the most with it because he certainly was doing the most with the opportunities that were presented to him. Okay, so now Nuna, our producer in the Pretty Love Hate Machine, (laughs) wants to play devil's advocate. So what you got? Well, I will say that a lot of people will point to the tuck uh, the tuck rule game, right? That right. doesn't happen. They lose that like they're supposed to. Brady is probably not that starter that next year. I don't that, doubt that. You know, like, I don't doubt that. So I, I like, can see that. So that changes, right? Like, mm-hmm. But that doesn't change what he did in his career. That just could have changed the entire course but of his career. That goes to the luck part, right? There's that luck there, right? Like uh, people, people forget that, hey – you know, Bledsoe was the one that won that AFC championship game against uh, the when Steelers. Brady, yeah, because Brady got injured. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't him. So I think right. that's what it is. The luck factors yeah. into it. Yeah. So it's like well, it, it, t- yeah, it took. One, he was yeah. he was a fifth round pick. I mean, it it, it took luck round, yeah. or sixth round pick. It was took luck for him to even get his opportunity in the NFL in terms of an injury, right? Yeah. So well, well, the, yes, there yeah. are some there's some luck that factors into this, but there's also luck in everybody's story. There yeah, yeah. there is absolute breaks in luck in every successful person's story. In, in terms of athletes and otherwise. Did you use that luck argument that Nuno from the Pretty Love Hate Machine brought up? If Mo Lewis doesn't knock out Drew Bledsoe, maybe Tom Brady never gets on the field sooner than later. That so, was my point. Yeah, if, yeah. if, if you want to if, if you want to credit anybody more than the tuck rule, if Mo Lewis wasn't that good of a linebacker from the Jets to knock out Drew Bledsoe, maybe Tom Brady doesn't get on the field sooner than later. We, we but don't that's know like how if that Brock Purdy happens. goes on to be the greatest thing we've ever seen and, and even per, uh, surpass Patrick Mahomes, we'll and see. then everyone's like, oh, well, that was luck, you know? And, and Patrick Mahomes didn't have luck because he was drafted higher than Brock Purdy. I mean, everybody has some luck involved in where they end up, right? And also what they're experiencing in terms of coaching staff, like Patrick Mahomes has had some pretty darn good luck there. So did Tom Brady, right? But they'd say that a guy got (laughs) lucky. Trevor Lawrence didn't have that same luck his rookie year, you know? That's because he had a bad human being as a head coach when it comes to Urban Meyer, who was the worst head coach that that could be said with Urban Meyer. Whatever, however you want to slice that, I'm not going to say a guy that accumulated that many touchdown passes and that many yards was lucky for 20-plus years. Right. A couple of instances, yes. 
you can miss me with that one. Nice job, Rick in Tennessee. Thank you for the phone call. And also nice did try. it two different places. Two different franchises. And one, That's yeah. luck? Yeah, yeah, he, two different franchises over 20-plus yeah. years? 20-plus years, yeah. No, the, the rules are skewed in his favor, yes. Luck? Stop. Let's go. Anyway, let's keep going with this conversation. <laughs> it's got people riled up and having so many different opinions and takes on it at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you missed why we're having this conversation about the next great sports debate involving Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady is because of one co-worker who may have been above the curve and before the curve before this whole conversation really got started. We'll play that, and then we'll have you weigh in at 888-729-3776. Amber Wilson, Freddie, coming together this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, and ESPNU. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Maybe it's a generation gap thing, or maybe it isn't, when it comes to the past and the present, especially when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL involving Tom Brady, just retired, and Patrick Mahomes still going strong in Kansas City. Here's why we're discussing this with Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and ESPNU. One of our co-workers is Mike Greenberg. Does a great job as a radio host on Green with Mike Greenberg, Monday through Friday, 10, 8 to 12 noon Eastern time, and on Get Up, 8 to 10 a.m. on TV each and every day. Well, he had Jeff Johnson, ESPN NFL reporter, feeling some sort of way, discussing Mahomes, Brady, being the next Great debate along the lines of Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Looking at Mahomes' numbers, his five years as a starter, how consistent it's been, how much winning they've done, the Super Bowl appearances and everything else, you start to say to yourself, Tom Brady just retired. We've just seen the greatest quarterback of all time. Is there a possibility that Mahomes is actually on a trajectory? Don't do it. Don't do what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do LeBron, Jordan. Don't do it. We're not going to do it, right? We're not going to do like LeBron Jordan here. We're not going to spend the next 10 years trying to decide whether Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady. We're not going to do that, right, Greeny? We're not, we're not going to do that. I'll walk. I'll walk. I'm done. I'll walk. I'll I walk. don't know that we're not going to do it. And, and let me make my case. Let me make my case for why it is a valid discussion. Because the sides almost set themselves up perfectly. You sound just like one of the old heads, and I am one too. Oh, Jordan, and he won the championships. And, yeah. and then you got all the younger people who are going to say, no, no, look at all the things LeBron can do that Michael Jordan couldn't do. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes is. And here he comes on this trajectory. I actually think 
Mahomes and Brady is on the verge, on the verge of becoming our next LeBron Michael conversation, Darlington. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. What do you think of that? <laughs> Why can't you just like them both? Why can't you just like them both? You have to pick, Jeff Darlington. It's how we do things here. You have to pick. You know how this game works. My favorite part of that clip now, because we keep replaying that clip, so I keep hearing different things. Freddie, and if you missed anything here on the morning show, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But now that I've heard that clip three or four times, my favorite part of that clip is Jeff Darlington just sighing over and over and over again as Greedy is talking. Just... He said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. He doed it when it comes to Mike. He did it. He did it. No, we did it. Well, that's because of the people. We did done there. it. What we always like to say, if the public wants to decide on it and discuss it, we don't get in their way. So is Mahomes Brady that next great sports debate? Mike Greenberg believes so, and he's getting ahead of the curve by saying it could, it, it could take the same effect as the Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate. It makes my eyes bleed, but I know I'm in the minority, Amber. I know you and I in the minority when it comes to that. If somebody feels some sort of way, I'm not going to get in their way if they feel that sort of way. I mean, the phone line is lit with people wanting to weigh in. So you and I not wanting to have this debate, and yet we keep having this debate, and that's how it works. Yeah, but put it this way. If they want to have it, they can debate amongst themselves. We'll just be here to listen, like D in Brooklyn (laughs) at 888-729-3776. Dee, what you got, my friend? Hello. Hello. Go ahead, Dee. How's it going, Freddie? We're good, man. How are you, my man? I got disconnected before I got in the elevator, made a stupid move, had to come back. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. I'm with you guys. I'm old school. Well, Amber's not too old school, but it's all right. I'm old school. Right. I think we can't do the error thing. The error thing just takes it all out of whack. In every sport, they used to be able to do something they couldn't do now. The rules were a little bit different, whether it's hitting the head of a quarterback or whether it's some extra stuff on the ball in baseball. You got different refs that like different guys. Too much that goes on. When it comes to Brady, I think it was Belichick in the beginning, and Belichick made Brady. Mm-hmm. And then Brady basically took everything he learned from Belichick, took it on the road, and that travels. It was defense first for the Patriots. Sure. And then it became offense once he understood it. And he had a lot of people there from Charlie Weiss to Bill O'Brien. They built him up. The only lucky thing may have been Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Bledsoe getting knocked out. But other than that, that guy's fire, tenacity, the way he leads. Basically, he took that from Belichick. I mean, Belichick created something that was awesome, where everybody had to basically just play their role. No one was over anyone. We're all together. We're all in this. We're all equal. But Brady decided he didn't want to be equal anymore. D, you, you're making good sports points, but here's my question for you. If you took the elevator, which is why you dropped on our phone line earlier, because I did see you on our phone line earlier, yeah. why are you out of breath, buddy? Yeah. Are you it's not running? like you took oh, the stairs. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait. I'm in, I'm in the gym. I'm getting it in. in the gym. Oh, there you go. There you go, D. So there, Amber, you're trying to criticize D. And me like, look, he's talking to us while working out. He's multitasking. That is, there, that you feel better, Amber. That he's talking to us you while he's better. still getting see, it in, in the gym. See, D in Brooklyn, I'm a Brooklyn knight like you are. I'm sticking up for my Brooklyn people. No thanks to the Miami young lady that's Amber Wilson. Well, well, well wait, wait. I got to say this. Born in Harlem, then we moved to Brooklyn, uh-huh. then I moved to Miami for 17 years. So there, you there you go. 305. I knew you, you had go. it in you, D. Real, I knew we were real, friends. Real talk from D in Brooklyn. Brady, Mahomes, to be honest, Mahomes has a chance, but I don't think he'll ever have a Belichick 
Reed is close, but I don't know. I, I'll tell you, to your point, by the DM Brooklyn, thanks for the call and thanks for getting it in, working out and hanging out with us. To his point. No problem. Yeah, Bye, Spygate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to his point as well, Amber, when it comes to Tom Brady, it's amazing how how lucky you can be when you get a guy like Tom Brady and you get a guy that winds up being that. We had a pretty good idea. Patrick Holmes is going to be terrific, not to this level, not this early, but Andy Reid and those guys traded up for him in the draft. Bill Belichick and the Patriots had no idea what they were getting with a six-round pick, and that guy went there when it comes to Tom Brady. If you want to use that as kind of a luck component, that may be the ultimate luck that a guy got drafted that low and turned out to be that when it comes to Tom Brady in the NFL. Well, we often make a big deal about the number one, the number two, the number three pick in the draft. And some of the quarterbacks and position players around the quarterbacks that benefit the most actually get drafted later because you're going to better teams, right? I mean, that's part of the game. So if you're not at the top of the draft, you end up going to a better team. And if you end up at the number one pick, it's a huge advantage to you in terms of your rookie deal, but maybe not a huge advantage to you after your rookie deal when you're trying to actually get the deal that really pays you because maybe you didn't find yourself with a good organization or with a good coaching staff fostering you. And yes, Tom Brady found himself with both of those things. Tom Brady found himself in a position early in his career to be sitting behind a pretty decent quarterback as well and learning and taking his time. Things fell into place for Tom Brady to a certain extent, but then he earned his way after that even though he caught his lucky break and he was able to get that starting opportunity because of an injury, the opportunity came and then he made the most of the opportunity, right? And that's what you have to have in life. Generally speaking, Freddie, some of it's about opportunity. Some of it's about luck in any single business. You have to get the break. But then once you get the break, you have to be able to prove yourself. I mean, that is so unbelievably true in the business that you and I are in. No and doubt. for some of us, it takes longer than others to get the break in life, right? Some of those breaks came for me much, much later in my career than I thought they were going to. But once you get them, whenever they get there, you have to capitalize on them. And I'm not going to discredit anything that either of these guys did or any of these all-time greats for getting some breaks breaks along the way because it does take some breaks. I mean, if Bledsoe was never injured, then we never even see Tom Brady as a starter. And then the entire course of this conversation is different, yeah. but that's also a break. Patrick Mahomes having Andy Reid as a coach. It's a good coaching staff. He ends up with a good organization, heck of a fan base there in Kansas City. Those are all good breaks for Patrick Mahomes. No doubt about that. Paul in Los Angeles at 888-729-3776. Paul in LA, what you got, my friend? I just think you're, if you want to decide who's who's better, just ask yourself a simple question. If you're a if you're a GM, knowing what you're going to get, who you're going to draft? I think most people draft Mahomes. He's probably a, a better overall. Gives you an opportunity to win a game in any type of situation or any type of offense or any type of coach. But you can't diminish accomplishments on the field. Mm-hmm. But who you're going to take is the real question you're going to ask is. Who's better? If you're the GM, are you going to draft LeBron? Are you going to draft Michael Jordan? You know what you're going to get. Who are you going to take? Yeah, yeah but when? When am I drafting? Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the thing, Freddie. Like, am I yeah. drafting in 2005 or am I drafting in 2023? Because, yes, in 23, Patrick Mahomes' skill set, mm-hmm. I think, is more valuable, a more mobile quarterback. But in 2005, we'd be having a different situation about a pocket pass. Well, here's the deal with that. I, I don't mind that left turn that he brought up real quickly because – If you're basing on when you're drafting Tom Brady then and Patrick Mahomes when he came out, then, of course, Patrick Mahomes is going to be drafted higher than Tom Brady because he had a better skill set coming out of Texas Tech compared to Tom Brady coming out of Michigan being a six-round pick. To me, there's no debate as far as that goes. Now, when it comes to Michael Jordan and LeBron James, it depends what you're looking for. If you look for LeBron James to do what he was able to do, but Michael Jordan's skill set coming out of North Carolina, that was quite tasty when he came out of North Carolina. 
people look, oh, man, it, we'll take a large one, but we'll take that guy when it comes to Michael Jordan. So, to me, that's different where both of their skill sets were kind of similar with LeBron James and Michael Jordan compared to a Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes is clearly the better quarterback prospect being a first-round pick in the NFL compared to Tom Brady, who's a six-round pick by the New England Patriots. You done stepped in it, Freddie. You did MJ and LeBron back-to-back with this conversation. I mean, oh, goodness. Doesn't take long. Nuno's yelling in our ears to rap. I I think Nuno's yelling in our ears to rap. I want so badly to go back at you about LeBron and MJ. I I know you do, but you have to wait for that another day, my friend. Amber Wilson, Freddie, (laughs) coming together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and ESPNU. Keep those calls coming about the Brady Mahomes GOAT conversation, 888-729-3776. And speaking of current GOATs, meaning Shohei Otani, Major League Baseball, did he play his last home game this weekend? That's next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. She's Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. Don't forget about us on ESPNU and tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So what is it going to happen with the trade deadline eight, way, eight days away? Will Shea Hotani still be an angel or somewhere else after that? We'll talk about that in more Major League Baseball Matters with our man Jesse Rogers. does a great job of the ESPN Major League Baseball reporter. Also authored a book called The Franchise of the Cubs. Out now, hit him on Twitter, Jesse Rogers, ESPN. Jesse, he hit his home run over the weekend. The last home game before the trading deadline happens on August 1st. With that deadline eight days away, what does your gut tell you about Shohei Otani staying or being moved by the Angels? Yeah, it's kind of fun this time of year. Your opinion can change every day. So I'm going to do my flip-flop of the day. Hmm. A week ago, if you'd asked me, I thought he'd be on the move, at least if you'd asked me at the All-Star break, because the trend for the Angels was so poor without Mike Trout and the way they were going in the standings. But they have recovered some. And I think it's not going to take a lot for the owner and maybe even the GM to be convinced they could make the playoffs. And I think if they're above 500 as they are now, Freddie, I, I just don't think they'll have the inclination to, to trade him. They're four games out of the wild card, three teams to overcome. All three of those teams right now ahead of them reside in the AL East, so you know they'll beat up on each other. At some point down the stretch, the Angels have a seven-game week coming up uh, starting tomorrow. The Tigers, the Blue Jays, and then one game against the Braves before the deadline. I mean, if the bottom falls out, I think there could be something at the last minute, though this is not an easy last-minute deal. So more than likely, he's going to stay, and that is a different opinion I'm giving you than I would have about a week ago or at least two weeks ago. Jesse Rogers joining us here, Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman with you as well. So not an easy last minute deal, but if it was to happen, even though today you don't think it's going to happen, we'll hear from you tomorrow whether you change your mind again. (laughs) What would it look like, Jesse, in terms of the package? Why is it not an easy last minute deal? 
Well, because it's probably the most complicated package for any rental in the history of the game. What is a two-way player like that worth for two months? It's the same question people will be asking in the offseason, but they'll have three months to negotiate a contract for a two-way player. Here, there'll be 24 to 48 hours, because if they make them available with serious offers, it'll probably come next weekend, where the GM, Perry Maniason, will, will sift through them. And obviously, they will involve prospects, maybe even a major league player back or two. Now, we could go to ESPN.com, or last week, I should say, a bunch of us wrote about Otani trades. I pretended to be the San Francisco Giants right. trading for Otani, and I basically offered the top two prospects the Giants have, plus two more players, okay? But the, the key was the top two prospects, and these two top prospects were two of the top 20 in all of baseball, and our colleague Jeff Passan, who was our judge on these trades, said, no, not enough. So I did a four-for-one that included two of the best Giants prospects, and the answer was no. So it's at least a four-for-one, but it sounds like it would be more like a five-for-one. And again, you're talking about prospect number one and three from the other team coming back, two, five, and eight. You know, some combination of two or three of top ten prospects from the other team along with maybe a couple other players that, that you know would fill out the roster. For example, I offered Mike Yastrzemski back in a trade to the Angels because the Angels are losing so many home runs, and Yastrzemski's a proven home run hitter. you got to give him something to, to fill his spot in the lineup a little bit. But the key would be two to three of another team's top prospects. It's still a lot to give up, even for Otani, because, again, it's just for two months. So let's play along. Let's say after the trading deadline, he's still a Los Angeles Angels player. Then after the season – becomes an unrestricted free agent, heads out to the open market. What is the floor going to be for a yearly salary, in your opinion, Jesse, when it comes to Shohei Otani, wherever he winds up? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like $50 million because basically he's got to beat anyone else in the history of the game, right? Scherzer and Verlander's are, Verlander are in the 40s. So I'll say the floor is 45 a year, 45 a year just to be safe. Wow. So if that's 10 years, we're talking about a minimum of $450 million. I'd say it's probably it could be from there all the way up to six hundred million dollar package, depending on how many years, how you spread it out. You know, you want to maybe help out the the the, the cap hit, even though it's not a salary cap. You know, there's a there's a luxury tax uh, attached to it. So I think the salary is anywhere from four hundred fifty million to, to six hundred million as a total package, forty five to fifty five per year kind of thing, maybe even sixty a year. It's what you think, paying him for a player and paying him as a pitcher. And that's probably twenty-five to thirty million each side of, each side of the game, right? Pitching and hitting. Um, so yeah, he's going to be a very, very rich man. Which means that's probably the, the secondary thing here. He's going to get paid no matter what. So it's uh, down to probably comfortability where he's comfortable because he's going to get a ton of attention and where he can win. Those would probably be the two things. And you know, that's probably any player after the money. Those are the things they want to feel. Am I comfortable? And is this team going to win? Jesse Rogers joining us now. Jesse, they want me to ask you about the Yankees or the Mets next, but I have the microphone, so I'm going to ask you about the Miami Marlins. Okay, <laughs> okay. arise! Oh. He he snapped an eight-game skid for the Marlins <laughs> yesterday. Are we done? He's at 3.79 right now. Are we done with the second half of the season with his 400 chase? He's actually batting 4.67 with runners in scoring position, but 3.79 overall. It was a storyline for a lot of the season, even though nobody was frankly talking much about it. Because because it's the Marlins. Yeah, I wrote about him early in the year because I wanted to get it out of the way because it was such a long shot. So you could go find that column at ESPN.com. 
And, I mean, he loved the attention. He loved the challenge of it. But even he told me it's such a hard task. I, my easy answer to you would be yes. I don't, I'm not looking at the Marlins schedule in front of me. I suppose that could make a difference down the stretch, who they're playing, what, who's on the mound. Remember, the second half of the season, there's a few teams that are always mailing it in. Um, the Marlins are in a tough division, so I don't imagine that it's going to be easy in the second half. So I, for all practical purposes, I think 400 is in the rearview mirror. Having said that, there's probably another run of, uh, of in him to 390, right? From now, you know, he can probably get up back to 390, and then we'll all give him the attention. Yeah. But to sustain it and go to the next level, which would be 400 and keep it there, I think is asking a lot. So I don't doubt he could end between 380 and 390. I really don't. I just don't know about 400 at this point. See, I'm glad you mixed that in because it allows me to not even ask you about the New York Mets being a disappointment. So I'm going to move on from that, Jesse. I'm going to go to the other <laughs> team in New York that's actually winning baseball when it comes to the New York Yankees. They won three straight over the Royals this weekend. They're in a division where nobody's playing below 500 baseball. What do you need to see from this team to believe that, A, they can get into the mix against better competition and maybe make the playoffs and not miss the playoffs in 2023? Um, a certain guy's name in the lineup would convince me of, of some good things <laughs> for the Yankees. If he gets back in the lineup, and they at least get back to being a contender. I still think they're flawed. And I know if Brian Cashman's listening, he agrees. They need some balance in that lineup. The fact that Judge is out, it kind of exposes them again as a very right-handed lineup. Right. Huge home run by Anthony Rizzo to get off the schneid yesterday. But he can't do it alone from the left side. Um, I'm based in Chicago. I've been watching Cody Bellinger a lot. The guy's on fire. If the Yankees buy, they've got to call the Cubs for Cody Bellinger, at least look into it. They need some balance there. They need some better pitching behind Garrett Cole. But the return of Judge at least gives them the chance. A week from now, I think Cashman's likely to give them a little bit more. Some people wonder if they'll do that one-year step back. I think if, if they're where they are in the standings now, they're not going to step back. They're right there in the wild card race. And with, with Judge in the lineup and everyone healthy, it, it can be a damaging team in the playoffs. You, they need some tweaks, though. They need some tweaks, and that comes a week uh, between now and a week from Tuesday. He's a great follow on Twitter, Jesse Rogers, ESPN. Always does a great job as a Major League Baseball reporter for ESPN. He is the Jesse Rogers, joining Freddie Coleman and the Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Always appreciate you, Jesse. Thank you so much, my friend, and take care and be well. Anytime. Enjoy the week. It sounds well. good. So we'll be interested. So Otani is still an angel after the trading deadline, but Jesse Rogers believe it is so, but it's eight days away, so plenty of things can happen between now and then. Plenty of things that happen because of you and Mike Greenberg and Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and the grace of all-time debate that Mike Greenberg believes will be conversation pieces in the next couple of years. We'll talk about that and also get your calls on it at 888-729-3776. This is ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. 
by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Apparently, Amber Wilson may alley and feel like a chick, 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 here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as ESPN you. I'm Freddie Coleman. I, I never knew Amber. Amber, I know you had an effect on men, on people <laughs> in general. I did not realize you could make someone in sprout feathers like Alan Yates in this program based on your eye color. Yeah, uh, apparently so. The power of a woman, right? But it all comes from the eyes. Who knew? We all learned something here today on ESPN Radio. More like the power oh, of that no. woman, meaning Amber. Maybe the power of that woman more than, than anybody else. Maybe it's just you. <laughs> In a good way. In a good way, not a bad way. I am here way. for it. I am here for terrifying people, terrifying <laughs> Alan Yates with my eyes. I am here for it. Just give him a look. The, the, the Hopefully only, they'll whip into shape, right? The, the only thing that would make Alan more terrified is if Drake announced he was not putting out any more music. That would be the only thing that we would, would make him more terrified. Problem. Like, listen, man, not, I got, not I got me, some life you. events going through. I'm sure he's going to have some music that's going to coincide with it. Because that album for the dogs coming out, I guarantee it's at least two tracks I got to deal with my life. If he made a truck on Amber's eyes, man, that'd be all the thing. That'd be he'd be paying attention to this show. Then you'd know he's listening. Completely. Hey, Drake. No doubt. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, buddy. Holla Allen. He needs it. Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Mike Greenberg of Greeny with Mike Greenberg on radio side, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday through Friday, and on Get Up, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN on the TV side, Monday through Friday. He put it out there about, at a certain point, we're going to have the Michael Jordan-LeBron-esque debate when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady if Patrick Mahomes keeps this up. Now, we just put it out there thinking that was going to happen. But, boy, did you want to weigh in at 888-729-3776. Like Clinton in the boogie down Bronx. Clinton, what you got, my friend? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, I just want to say, like, I, I don't understand how with the debate of the greatest of all time. Like, if LeBron would have won seven, but had some controversy and cheated two or three times during winning the seven, Y'all wouldn't uh, gave LeBron, uh, you know. So how is Brady even better than Joe Montana? Well, what makes you think that we would not have given LeBron that kind of love we won seven? Because A, we'll never know because he's not going to win seven. He's going to be stuck at four or five. So that's a different kind of conversation that's never going to happen. And B, you can feel any sort of way when it comes to a quarterback if you think one quarterback is better than another. Because more than ever before, Amber, People put, not saying they put too much of an emphasis on championships, but they put more of an emphasis on championships and thinking that should be the end-all, the be-all when it comes to how great a player was or how great a player wasn't. 
It's the lowest hanging fruit when it comes to making the goat argument, though, right? You just put your rings in a box, shake them up, and there you go, right? And we all know, I have the famous, you can't even see it right now, so this is a bad reference by me, but I have the famous Michael Jordan, all the rings on his hand poster Uh behind me. Uh And that's one of my favorite posters of all time, where he's wearing all six on the one hand. With MJ, it's always the discussion is how many rings he won. With, obviously, with LeBron, though, you can go a million different directions with that argument that goes so far beyond this, the actual rings on his hand. That's the lowest hanging fruit. That's always the starting point with the GOAT conversation to me, but it's also where everyone does start, and some people end it there. Yeah. And if you're going to end it there, then it's just an easy argument across the board, and like, all right, it is what it is. It's However, if Brady has more than Mahomes at the end of his career. It's not going to matter at all what Mahomes did. I tend to agree with that caller, though, that it maybe shouldn't just be about rings because there's so many things or so many factors that go into actual ring counting. To me, it's more impressive that LeBron has made it to more even though he has less rings. Well, I know say, that's like I, a super controversial thing to say. No, no it's not controversial. Here's why. Because you got to look at somebody's body of work and not too many times. If they didn't win a championship, that doesn't mean they were less of a great player. For example... A person in your hometown, Dan Marino, Dan Marino. he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But people would try to use the fact that, oh, no championships. How great was he? Uh, just, you can be a victim of your circumstance, or you can mm-hmm. be born at the wrong time. I guarantee you that guys called Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Carl Malone, who don't have one championship because that Michael Jordan guy was ruining things for everybody. And that doesn't make them less great players because they didn't win a championship. So that argument always misses me when you try to attach championships to the value and worth of a player. For example, Bill Russell, the greatest winner of all time, 11 championships, but I think Michael Jordan was a better basketball player. I think Will Chamberlain was a better center than Bill Russell based on his individual achievement, but he won more championships. That does mean that Bill Russell was a better center, in my opinion, than Will Chamberlain. Yeah, well, when you're in it, it that argument maybe holds a little bit more weight in the NBA if you want to give it a bit more credence in the NFL. There's so many factors. You're one of over 50 dudes on that team, right? So there are so many pieces that go into the puzzle in the NFL that the rings argument in the NFL and just minimizing it to that and nothing else, that really doesn't hold weight for me in the NFL. It doesn't hold much weight for me in the NBA either, but it holds even less when we're talking actual Brady-Mahomes comparison. Barry and California. Same amount of rings, by the way, though, through the first six years of their career. So far, Mahomes is so, on track. so far, he is. Barry in California had the final word on this, my friend. Go ahead, Barry. Barry's off to a rough yeah, start exactly. for a final well, word. He's off to no start now. Pete in Missouri, my friend. Pete, what you got, my friend? Hey, I just want to say that, first of all, you two are a dynamic duo. Appreciate you, Pete. Appreciate Thank, you. Thank you. I do want to say that I agree with both of you that, okay, Mr. Mahomes, he's doing great. He's starting off. His career is going great. Things are going wonderful. Things with Mr. Brady, they did really well. They were doing great. They're winning championships. But the course of a career and the evolution of the play and the players behind and with these players has evolved and makes those teams that they are with as much better and better, even with the NBA Even with Major League Baseball, teams evolve, players evolve. They all want to achieve the greatness that they see the guys on TV get. So they're like, I work harder. I want to be him. So all those guys that they get become great players, and the teams become great teams with the Burroughs and the Herbst 
and uh, Mr. Uh, Jalen Hurts up there in Philadelphia. Absolutely. We got some great young talent in the NFL. It's going to be great competition for the next 10 to 15 years, and I'm excited to see it from my age 62 to 70 to 80 to 90. <laughs> Let's go NFL. That's fantastic. And you, know, and you have something to shoot for. If you're Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, either way, thank you, Mike Greenberg, for that debate that got everybody high and riled. Green with Mike Greenberg comes next. With Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman. This has been the mighty ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.